Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Friday, November the 19th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss with you a very strong nine-game NBA Friday night slate. We have all kinds of news all over the place, and we have 11 of the the 18 teams either on the first or second night of a back-to-back. And so it is a lot to cover, and we want to dive right into it here. We're going to go game by game. We're going to break it down, look at a statistical analysis of each game, give a game set, and then talk about uh, rotations. And I love this time of year because there's so much going on, a lot of activity with guys sitting, minutes restrictions, COVID protocol, injuries, and really the, the more confusion, the more uh, question marks, I think the stronger edge that it gives us because we're following this thing super closely from the first moment of the day till the last basket goes in in the evening. So we are the place to catch it. DFSCoachTalk.com is where you can come aboard. Friday is the best day of the week to sign up for even our three-day pass, which is only $10. This way you get all the NBA action, huge slate today, huge slate tomorrow, and even a nice slate on Sunday. So lots of NBA action these next couple of days because uh, the NBA takes Thanksgiving off. So there'll be some downtime next week. So they're jamming all the games in now. And then you also get our PGA weekend only lineups, which have been very successful lately. Those come out this evening. And then, of course, football, NFL this weekend, Sunday, our awesome group of Andrew Hansen, Josh Davis, and Joe Stanton are going to be crunching all the numbers there with help from our analytics director, John Wehausen. And they're going to put out a bunch of winners for you this weekend. So great time. Ten bucks. Can't beat it. Jump in. If you want to go through Tuesday, you can get the $5 for 19 bucks. All right. No breaks. We're going to hit all nine games. We're firing through all of them. So uh, we're going to try to get through them quick enough to get the information out there. Uh, check with us, though, as the day goes on. There'll be tons of developments, as we always know. It's usually right down to the wire that the, the changes are coming in. So check with us in Discord throughout the day. But let's get all of it set up and let's get some lineups built and uh, get ready to, to take some stuff down this uh, this evening. All right, we're going to go to the very first game on the slate. It is a 7 p.m. Uh, game. It's the Golden State Warriors at the Detroit Pistons. The uh, Warriors are favored by eight and a half. It's a 210 and a half total. 109.5 implied for Golden State, 101 for Detroit. As far as the game set, we've got Golden State coming in, of course, at 13 and 2 against a 4 and 10 uh, Detroit Pistons. As far as pace goes in this game, um, well, first of all, we have Golden State on the second night of a back to back. We know Curry again poured in nine threes again uh, last night. He's absolutely incredible. Um, the news right now on him is uh, the fact that he is questionable. So is he going to play on this back-to-back? Uh, this would you know, be three and four nights, too. So that's uh, a small bit of news, maybe, I think, because uh, it changes the whole perspective of this game. But it is the second night of a back-to-back for him. As far as the other injuries go, by the way, Curry questionable, Iguodala questionable, Thompson and Weissman out. 
for Detroit, my favorite guy, Livers, is uh, probable. And Olenek, we know, is out for a while. So let's look again at the, that statistical breakdown here. We've got Golden State with the 17th pace. Uh, the uh, Pistons are the 10th pace. Offensive efficiency, Golden State number one in the league. That's with Curry. So we got to wait and see if he plays Detroit as the young teams are 28th defensive efficiency, golden state number one in the league there. So when you're in number one in both offense and defensive efficiency, that's unusual. That's why they're dominating and just kicking people's butts. But uh, yeah, that puts a little bit tough squeeze on Detroit. And if Curry sits as awesome as he is offensively, he's not really a defensive specialist. So it's going to, you know, maybe even help Detroit a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry, Golden State a little bit uh, defensively. So uh, definitely not a target for me on the Pistons side. Um, the Pistons 21st defensively. So uh, again, Curry at 11-5, if he's in, you know, he, the guy's just absolutely unconscious lately. Has the most three-pointers in one calendar year than anybody in the history of the NBA. I saw that last night. Uh, just 400 plus um, three pointers in that time frame, just mind bending. Anyway, uh, so if you know if he's out, for example, though Jordan Poole, Wiggins, all are both really come into play. Damian Lee comes into play. Uh, so if he's if he's in, uh, you know Curry's got to be a, a good consideration. If he's not, then you look at these secondary uh, guys and you can get some good prices. Poole six one. Wiggins 6'7, uh, Damian Lee 3'1, Gary Payton a second would be a really nice play at 3'8. So, uh, being, you know, if he sits, I'm actually hoping he sits so we can get grab some value from this Golden State side. That would really help the rest of the card. On the Detroit side, I mean, Cunningham's up to 6'4 now, so he's floating up. Uh, he is putting up numbers. He had Good solid game the last time. He is a high usage guy. So uh, somebody you can look at. But again, against the number one defense, it makes it a little bit tough. And then I, I really don't think there's any consistency with anybody else. I mean, Hayes, Bay, Grant, Stewart, you know, those guys are all medium priced. Hayes is cheap, but the other three are priced a little bit too high for me. So not my favorite game on the slate unless we can get some good value from the Warriors side if Steph sits. All right, game two, seven o'clock, Indiana Pacers, Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte minus three, 215 is the total. Implied for Indiana's 106 and Charlotte 109. So not too shabby there. Um, Pacers come in at six and 10, disappointing so far, but they have been dinged up. And the Hornets are nine and seven. Injury-wise, Duarte is questionable. He, he sat the last game, and then we know T.J. Warren is out. And for Charlotte, P.J. Washington uh, is out. So let's look at this uh, statistically here. Uh, first night of a back-to-back -back for both teams. So does that affect their rotations? We know Carlisle doesn't like to pound minutes on his guys, so that definitely is a bit of a negative uh, on the pacer side. Charlotte, uh, not quite as much, but, you know, they're not going to overextend uh, some of the guys, but they have a lot of youth on that team. 
you know, guys like LaMelo, uh, you know, he'll he'll get some extra minutes even in a back-to-back. Same thing with Miles Bridges, but they're not going to push Rozier, Hayward, and Plumley. So, you're, you know, you're going to get a little bit more bench action probably from Oubre and Cody Martin. I think those two guys are worth a discussion. Um, pace of play, Indiana 16th, Charlotte 3rd, so decent enough. Offensive efficiency, 19th and 14th, so just very average. Defensively, not great. Indiana 16th, Charlotte 24th. So there are some some good plays in this game. Um, Brogdon at 8-3 is a nice play. Lavert was uh, disappointing, very disappointing the last game, but, and he's at 6-7. Sabonis is down to 8-9. He was in the 10s there for a while, so that's starting to get tempting. Anytime you see him dip below nine, uh, Turner at six four. Then you got a lot of cheap bench guys uh, from Indiana. I think, you know, initially here, I think Malcolm Brogdon's a nice play at eight three. I just want to make sure he's getting decent minutes uh, in this game, and it's, it worries me that it's the first night of a back to back. So I'm not ecstatic about that either on that side. Uh, the guy, the two guys that I would look at from the Hornet side, I already alluded to, and that's 10-4 LaMelo Ball. But, man, guys like LaMelo are, you know, starting to pay that number. That's a big number. Uh, also, Miles Bridges at 7-9 now that he's dipped below 8K. Again, I think that you got to start considering him. Uh, he, he can have some big games, and they're going to need him in there against Sabonis and Turner. Uh, after that, again, on the first night of a back-to-back, the, the other guys, the vets, uh, make me a little bit nervous. So I think that uh, I'll, I'll pass as far as that goes. All right, next game, 7.30. Lakers-Celtics, like an old-time game of two championship teams. Not so much this year, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, the, uh, the total in this game is not up because we don't have any word on LeBron. And so we do not have any numbers on this game yet. So you're going to have to tune back in uh, to catch that. That doesn't happen very often, but when you have guys like LeBron, not sure you know if they're going to play or not, um, it does affect the line in Vegas or no dummies. They don't want people jumping on uh, the correct side there. All right, so let's look at... Uh, both teams. Lakers are eight and eight. Boston are seven and eight. So they're both treading water. They're both trying to get healthy and we'll see, you know, how that's going to work out. Um, if either one of them can make a run, you've got LeBron James, as I said, questionable. Um, I think he's trending to pit play. I've got him in as of right now personally, but we'll follow that news. Robert Williams is also questionable on the Boston side. And Jalen Brown is questionable on the Boston side. So, yeah, that's why there's no line. Uh, we'll follow this throughout the day. Anthony Davis is probable. Uh, a reason none and Reeves remain out for the Lakers. All right, let's take a look statistically at what we've seen. And, again, it's a little bit tougher with these two teams because they've just had so many guys in and out of the lineups with injuries. Um, it is an island game for the Lakers, so it makes more sense for LeBron to come back for this one. It's the first night of a back-to-back for Boston. So 
the question is, you know, with with guys like Williams and Brown, you know, are I doubt they'll play either one of them in a back to back because they're both coming back from injury. Maybe one place tonight, one place tomorrow. Uh, we'll see how that goes, and we'll check out walkthroughs uh, this morning and see what it looks like. Did they go through shoot around? That usually gives you a bit of an indication. All right, the Lakers uh, are second in pace in the league. Boston's twenty second, so really good pace up for Boston, and you know that could make a, a big difference. Offensive efficiency. Neither one of these. Veteran teams are doing it, 22nd and 21st. Again, a lot of rotations, a lot of changes with the injuries, protocols, etc. Defensive efficiency, middle of the pack, Lakers 15th, Boston 11th. So it's a tough call. I mean, we just really can't break down the game with any sensibility. You're going to have to definitely check back with us uh, on Twitter and uh, in our Discord Uh Russ at 10-5 is a high, high price, but without LeBron, you know, it's doable. Uh, I think Taylor Horton Tucker looks like a super stud, and he's only moved up to 5-8. He'll be highly owned, and he deserves to be. Although, if LeBron does come back, it certainly takes a nice chunk of that usage away. So, you know, that's the tough part. LeBron's 10-8, and Anthony Davis is 10-7. I I don't remember seeing three guys over 10-5 or above ever on the same team since I can remember doing this. Russ is 10-5, Davis 10-7, LeBron 10-8. That is unusual for sure. Um, so, again, we got it. We have to have the news there. If LeBron sits, you know, you can go THT and Davis or THT and Westbrook. I do think Davis is going to come out pretty ticked off. He's the guy I like the best of this group. He took a, a beating from some of the guys uh, on ESPN and, and uh, doing the, the broadcast show about just getting totally dominated by Giannis. And I think he's going to take that personally. And I think he's going to come out ticked off. And if, uh, you know, if Celtics don't have Robert Williams, they're super Small inside with Al Horford and Grant Williams. Grant Williams is like the, the height of a shooting guard. So Davis could go bonkers if he really takes this personally. We'll see what his grid is. You know, they they did everything but call him soft uh, in, in some of the, you know, comments they made. So interesting, and we need that news. I think that can be a key game tonight uh, once we get it. Um Tatum at 10-1 is super playable here, especially if Jalen Brown and Robert Williams sit. And Al Horford becomes in play. Uh, I mean, he's going to have to play big minutes uh, if uh, Williams sits. So we'll regroup and figure this out. It could be a total shift. I mean, it could be a, a Jason Tatum and Anthony Davis kind of roster, uh, you know, that you're building. Or if guys are in and out, it may just be, uh, a THT and, and uh, you know, possibly uh, a Marcus Smart at 5'5", five, five, a Robert Williams at 6'2". We just have to find out who's in, who's out, and uh, what that situation is. All right, next game, another 7.30 game. It's the Orlando Magic and the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, a big favorite here by 12.5. The total is 209.5. 98.5 implied 
for Orlando. Anytime you dip below that 100, that is a little concern. Brooklyn is a healthy 111 uh, implied, so that is a doable commodity. We've got uh, Orlando coming in at 4 and 11 and Brooklyn at 11 and 5. They have snuck up the the uh, standings here with a solid 11 and 5 number. We've got uh, Suggs questionable for Orlando. They're on the first night of a back-to-back. Brooklyn is on an island game, so they expect to see their guys get minutes if the game stays close enough. As far as injuries go, other than Suggs, you've got Michael Carter-Williams is probable, so he's uh, maybe going to get into the rotation. We'll see. We know Fultz, Isaac, and Moore remain out. For some out for Brooklyn, Claxton, Harris, Irving, Millsap. So a little bit tighter rotation uh, as it's been, as as really Brooklyn has played much better. Um, as far as statistical, uh, we've got a nice pace here. Ninth Orlando, Brooklyn eighth. So uh, really the fact that it's only a 209.5 with those kind of pace uh, is interesting. I'm not sure if they're expecting, Vegas is expecting a blowout here and just dead minutes at the end, but um, very interesting with that kind of pace. Uh, offensive efficiency, Orlando 27, Brooklyn now up to ninth. They're heading in the right direction. Defensive efficiency, Orlando 26th, and what's turned Brooklyn around is they're fifth. Not it, Very hard to believe with a lot of the same guys that they're fifth in defensive efficiency in the league. All right, let's look at this from the perspective of where can we go here. You know, Cole Anthony, one of my favorites. You know, I've been riding him, and he's been good, man. 50 burgers all over the place. At 8K, I think he's reasonable. Um, I'm interested to see, though, if he gets Bruce Brown defense, because that would scare me a little bit. Um, And with MCW playing a little bit, I don't know if that's going to cut into some of his minutes. It could. If Suggs doesn't play... Uh, then I think that will help Anthony as well. But we'll see. He's questionable. After that, you know, I think you get a fair shake on the two bigs. Wendell Carter's only 6'7". Mobamba is only 6'5". So they are priced very fair on that low end of mid-level. And I think, you know, uh, Bomba's starting to show a little little leaking of oil in that, uh, in that big seven-whatever-foot body he is. But he still can have a good game. Brooklyn doesn't have a true center. Let's face it. You know, with Claxton out, uh, and they've just been playing Griffin and, and LMA there, and, you know, we know those guys aren't true centers. So this could be a, a really good game for Bomba. Um, Wendell Carter's been much more consistent. I think he's played uh, a fine season, and he's been real sneaky. So I think you've got some plays on the Orlando side, even though that sub-100 implied total uh, definitely hurts. They do use their bench a lot. You know, Ross, Okiki, Hampton, Harris, all sub 4K, uh, but only GPP plays for me. All right, do you go to the two big boys? You've got, uh, you know, the weird over 10K three guys for the Lakers, but we have the weird over 11K two guys for Brooklyn. Harden's 11-2 and Durant's 11-4. So, again, really makes it impossible to get both. Uh, do you choose one or the other to go to? I think I'm split completely down the middle. I could go either direction here. I like that it's an island game. 
So, I, you know, I really do feel like you may need to have Hardner Durant in that optimal lineup. The big question is which one. Um, that's the decision I'm going to make, and I'll be sharing that in Discord with our members. And I'm not giving it now because I don't have it yet. I need to see how the rest of the value uh, plays out so I can see which way to go and, uh, you know, where to focus there. Not going to go with all the cheap guys. It's amazing. They have those two big price guys. And then their other starters right now are 3-8 Patty Mills, 4-2 Bruce Brown, and 4-1 Blake Griffin, and then 4-9 Aldridge off the bench. All super, you know, viable because they're cheap. They're going to get minutes. It's an island game. Certainly can dip in, uh, sort of like going with one of the payups with Harden or Durant, and then one of the value guys there. So we'll keep a close eye on that one. I think it can be impactful uh, on today's slate. All right. Next game, we go to the L.A. Clippers at the New Orleans Pelicans. This game is an 8 p.m. Eastern game. You've got Clippers favored by only three and a half, which seems a little low, but it's on the road in New Orleans. It's a 215 total, 109.25 for the Clippers, 105.75 for the Pelicans. I think that the line's affected a little bit because it is the second night of a back-to-back -back for the Clippers. So, you, you know, that puts things into question. Uh, it's the first night of a back-to-back -back for the Pelicans. So it's no picnic on either side there. Clippers come in 9-6. and six. The Pelicans come in a wonderful 2-14. and 14. Injury-wise, only my buddy Cheeseburger, Zion Williamson, still out. And then Clippers, they have probable Johnson, questionable, a few guys here, Batum, Morris, Winslow. Those three guys are, you know, rotational guys. So we need that news. And then, of course, Leonard and even more importantly, Preston is out. Um, and I joke. So we go back to, let's take a look at this now. Clippers, second night of back-to-back. -back, you know, how much are they going to put on? Paul George's shoulders. He's at 10-3, which, you know, to be honest, is, is fair. I mean, he is their main go-to guy. So let's look at it statistically. 14th pace for the Clippers, 18th for the Pelicans, so slight below normal. Offensive efficiency for the Clippers, 17th and 26th for the Pelicans. They've just been a complete dumpster fire. Defensive efficiency, a little bit different here. How about Clippers second? Even without Kawhi, they've just gotten it done. Pelicans are dead last. So that gives a lot of hope for the Clippers side for sure, especially if this game stays cl as close as Vegas thinks at three and a half. Um, Reggie Jackson at 6'4 in play. Eric Bledsoe, 5'9 in play. I think Paul George, if he's, you know, there's no rumor of any minutes restrictions or anything at 10'3, absolutely in play. Batum, if he goes at 5-3, and Zubats at 5-1. Even Terrence Mann off the bench at 4-9, and Hartenstein at 3-9. So we just need to see on the second night uh, of a back-to-back -back if anybody's going to get a rest here, uh, limited minutes, or sit out, because it could really uh, highlight somebody. Let's let's just say, and I, I'm just using this as an example, let's say they decide you know, Zubats needs a night off, or Batum. Then all of a sudden, you, you know, you really look at, at a Terrence Mann or Luke Kennard and Isaiah Hartenstein, et cetera. So let's keep a close eye on the news on this game. 
think it's a, a good position uh, for the Clippers. Um, and, and, you know, they're wanting to win some games and move up. So we'll see how that flies. Pelicans on the first night of a back-to-back, they do have some some guys that are priced fair. I think Devontae Graham at six, Nikhil Alexander-Walker all the way down to five, six, I think is very fair. He's in play for me. Josh Hart at 5-4, still very much in play. Uh, Brandon Ingram is now at that mid-level, higher mid-level, but 8.2, very fair. I think that he deserves a, a consideration. Now, if, if George and Batum are playing full minutes, uh, they're the two best defenders, uh, in my opinion, on the Clippers side and statistically speaking. That would hurt Ingram a little bit, but he's still the go-to guy if he's minutes – no minutes restriction, then, you know, I think he's very playable at A2 and a bit sneaky, um, especially if, you know, they're going to play him full full out today and then sit him tomorrow on the second night of the back, uh, back-to-back. So we'll be checking out the beat writers and coach speak and all that stuff to see if that's the case. Joe Val at 9-3 is, is okay, but the price is just too high for me. A lot of cheap bench players, sub 4K, they've got like six of them uh, on the Pelicans, and I don't want any of them. Thank you. You can give me all six for four grand, and I don't want them. Nothing personal uh, there for the Clippers uh, fans. All right, let's go to the next game. Eight o'clock, Oklahoma City Thunder, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see here. We've got the Milwaukee Bucks, a big 12 and a half point favorite. 214 and a half is the total. 101 implied for Oklahoma and 113 and a half for the Milwaukee Bucks. Interesting. So in this game, we've got first night of a back-to-back for both squads. We already know Oklahoma City has hardly any injuries. They're super young. So the back-to-backs, you know, they're going to play a bunch of guys regardless. The only injuries of note, uh, Trey Mann for Oklahoma City is questionable. He's been getting a decent run in, in uh, you know, the, the minutes with the second unit for the Thunder. DiVincenzo and Lopez were being out for the Bucks. So as far as from the statistical side, we've got the seventh in pace in the Thunder and the sixth in Milwaukee. So I like that. I like the fact that we've got two good speedy teams Oklahoma City just doesn't know how to finish it yet. Still too young, 29th in offensive efficiency. Bucks are 16th. Defensively, nothing to write home about. Very mid-range. Uh, Thunder, 13th. Milwaukee, surprising, 19th. But they've had a lot of guys out. So the question is, what are these coaches going to do on the back-to-backs? How much you know? Are, is Giannis going to be in play full minutes if they you know blow out the thunder he could get limited minutes and i'm just going to say right off the bat at the 12-3 number i know Giannis can break the slate but i just can't go there in a game with this much of the potential of blowing out uh so i'm not going to be on the Giannis bandwagon but i do not blame you if you are that 12-3 number is big if he's only going to get short minutes although he's the he's the greatest points per minute DFS guy, literally, that we've ever seen in the NBA. So, uh, again, if you play him, I I understand. I'm just not going to go there. Um, Other guys for Milwaukee uh, that you can consider, 
the question is, where is, is Lou Dort going to go? Who's he going to play? Is he going to play Holiday, Middleton, Giannis? I mean, he can play anybody. You just never know. Um, I'm thinking maybe he goes, he plays Holiday a little bit. Uh, that's just my gut. And then probably uh, some of Middleton. I don't know if they'll put him on Giannis much. I think Baisley's going to get the majority of that based on, you know, uh, what I've looked at through basketball reference. So, you know, not at 7-2, again, with the potential of a blowout in the first night of a back-to-back. Holiday at 7-2, Middleton at 7-8 coming back from an injury. I'm just not going to be on that bandwagon. I think Portis at 6-7 is interesting, but now his price has gotten too high. So, yeah, I mean, this could be a doom or gloom game or a smart play, but I hate to say it, and uh, if you're listening there, Crash, I'm probably going to fade the Bucks today. Just concerned that that uh, you know that the coach Bud's going to rest some guys and just try to win this game with a lot of bench players. You know, uh, Noara might be the best play of the group at three three. He could be so sneaky if he gets his big minutes. We know he can score the ball. Um, so you know, just a thought. From the Thunder side, you know, again, they play so many guys. It's so frustrating. But Shea's up to 8-4, which is rough. But he's probably going to get Drew Holiday defense, which is no picnic. Lou Dort was their top scorer, took the most shots. He's only 5K. Um, Might be a decent enough play. Giddy's at 6-5. We know he's got triple-double potential, but a little scary. And the only other guy I would consider would be a, a 5-1 Darius Baisley. He's pretty cheap. But if he has to face Giannis, uh, pass. So, yeah, not my favorite game. I think there will be some ownership to this game. Um, but I just don't see it adding up to me with the potential of this game not being close. All right. Like I said, no breaks. We're firing through this sucker. We've got three games left, six down, three to go. The next one's the Chicago Bulls and Denver Nuggets at 9 Eastern. Um, we've got, uh, let's take a look here at the game set. Chicago's 10 and 5. Denver is 9 and 6. Uh, small question mark here. The Joker is questionable. That changes uh, just a few things in this game. Uh, so that's news we need to know before we can evaluate anything in this game. Um, you know, he's that's certainly uh, something that we got to look at right away. But as far as the other folks, uh, Caruso and Green are probable. Vuk and Pat Williams are out for Denver. It's the Joker and um, Zeke. Mr. Zeke there is questionable. Uh, Jamal Murray and Mr. Porter Jr. out. So where does this game fall into the mix and how much can we really look at it until we get the Joker news? Let's just pretend the Joker's in for right now, and then we can adjust from there. As far as pace, Chicago's 11th, Denver's 30th. So now they are the slowest team in the league. They are playing a bit of bully ball, get the ball into Jokic, a little or Joker, a little bit into Gordon you know, move the ball around. They're, they're a smart team um, and they're pretty efficient. But the question is, you know, the pace, how much does that hurt the Bulls? 
It is a second night of a back-to-back for Denver. Chicago's on an island game, so that's a big advantage for Chicago. Uh, hence, you know, the the fact that, that this game's going to be a tight one. There's no spread, by the way, no totals because uh, of the Joker news. So that's completely understandable. It'd be interesting to know what Vegas has ready if Joker plays or doesn't play. I bet you it's a massive swing uh, in the in the uh, line. Um, again, you know, being a second night, the question is, you know, he we know he tweaked something the other day and he's not, you know, he's a pretty much a hundred percent, but they don't want to take any crazy chances. Um, so we'll see. We got to wait for that news. Uh, again, as far as offensive efficiency, Chicago has been scoring the ball like crazy. They're seventh. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Seventh and Denver's 20th. And then defensive efficiency is the concern here. You know, you've got two top 10 teams. You've got Chicago ninth and Denver fourth. That's how these teams are winning. They're getting transition and and steals and slowing it down, playing half court on the Denver side. So, you know, it's not a game that dives out at you. If Joker sits, obviously everybody's going to load up on the Denver Nuggets value because if the Joker sits, then everything comes into play. Morris at 4-3, Barton at 6-8, Aaron Gordon at 5-3, all huge plays. You know, Jermichael Green, if he's in at 3-4, you can start talking about all these guys. If the Joker plays, I I think he is the play because he's 12K, but no one's been smashing like him. I think he's actually been better than Giannis recently. I mean, it's close. Those two have been by far the best. But, um, you know, we just need to see. If there's no limits and he's going to play, then let's go for it. But at 12K, you got to make sure – and we'll follow that and let everybody know in Discord. I want to hear Malone say, you know, we're put, we're rolling Joker out there, regular minutes, and that's the only one I'm going to spend 12k on him on a on real nice nine game slate. If there's any chance he he plays less minutes, uh, then you just can't afford that. Uh, you know that kills you in cash and the single entries if you spend 12k and the guy doesn't play full minutes. Um, so we just need that to figure out the Denver rotation. That could be a great value spot as well, um, but we'll see. On the Chicago side, you've got a fairly uh, well-priced 6-7 Lonzo Ball. Caruso's up to 5-4 now, which is getting a little problematic. Zach Levine at 8-6 and DeRozan at 9 flat. Good plays. They're both scoring the ball. They're both tough. Um, I will say, Aaron, I really respect Aaron Gordon defense recently. I just come to appreciate how he can really slow people down. And I think they put him on, on DeRozan. I really do. So, you know, I'd, I'd lean a little bit more towards Zach Levine. Uh, Bradley at the center spot, it's at 3-2, I guess, you know, a punt. But they're using a lot of that bench, white, green, Jones Jr., Desunmu, um, Alize Johnson at times, Ali, however you say his name. I always I never know if it's Elise Alize, but I think it's Alize. So I don't know. I mean, this this really rests on the Joker news, and uh, then we'll shuffle from there. But I would like some exposure here uh, to one of the the Chicago studs, and I'm leaning towards a little bit towards Levine at this moment. All right. The two late night games, late night sweat, after hours slate. 
Maybe we'll throw one up there for our members tonight. We've got the Toronto Raptors at the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento by four, 218 and a half over under. And then you've got implied 107.25 for Toronto. Sacramento is 111.25. So in this game, Toronto comes in at seven and nine. Kings at six and nine. Both teams looking for a win here. Uh, Achua and Watanabe are the two guys for Toronto that are questionable. And we know OG Ananobi is going to be out for quite some time, which is a shame because that dude was playing some ball. No injuries for Sacramento. Very unusual, especially when they're not quite as young as some of these teams, but uh, they're luckily not having any injury situations right now. Uh, complicated here, Toronto's second night of a back-to-back, -back, so we have to see how that flows. You never know, Nick Nurse has been known to sit guys and fluky start guys when, uh, when he's got these type of situations, so we have to follow that news. Sacramento <clears throat> is on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. So as far as statistically, we've got a pace of 28 for Toronto, playing way slower this year without Lowry, fifth for Sacramento. Um, offensive efficiency, Toronto 13th and Sacramento 12th. They both know how to score the ball. Defensively, not great. Nurse's team 20th, which is unusual. Uh, Sacramento's 22nd. So this game has a lot of, I think, nice value here. You've got, if you're the mid-price type, mid, uh, type of build guy or gal, this is a good game for you because Here's the guy, the people I'm considering. Van Vliet at 8-1. Gary Trent at only 6K. He's been terrific. Barnes at 6-7. And I think he's getting, we'll see. You know, we have to see. We don't have enough sample size with one game. But I think with Ananobi out and how much he's been dominating, I think Barnes gets the biggest boost. So he's in, my, in play. Siakam at 8-4, and he was terrible yesterday. So not uh, real fond of the way he's playing. You know, Birch at 3K, dead minimum. I mean, you can't, can't beat that if you need to punt center. He's going to get minutes. If a chew is out, then Birch becomes really a reasonable play to make everything work. If a chew is back, then... Not so much, I, you know, more too much time shared there and Boucher may get some of it as well. So, you know, I think, you know, the, the Van Vliet, Trent, Barnes trio, and then possibly Birch, depending on the news, all are in play. Sacramento, you've got Fox down to 8-4, uh, which isn't bad. But again, he hasn't had his best season by any stretch. But, you know, he's going to have some some bust out games. A little pricey for me, but not bad. Halliburton at 6'2 is reasonable. Healed off the bench at 5'8 is also reasonable. Barnes is drifting down to a flat 7K. He was in the 8s and then mid-7s forever. So now that he's down to 7K, you can consider him because he's consistent. Uh, Medu, possibly. He's 4'5, which makes things work. He's been starting for four games in a row. Little inconsistent as you would expect, but you know, not a bad play. Holmes at 6'5, you know, could be effective here. Uh, no question about it. But you are getting uh Davion Mitchell, Tristan Thompson, even Bagley's gotten some minutes lately. So they do utilize their bench. But uh 
I'm definitely going to have exposure, probably a one-off on each side here, leaning more towards uh, a Gary Trenner, Scotty Barnes on one side, and probably Barnes, Halliburton, or Fox on the other. All right, last game. Dirk, you ready for the Mavs, brother? Here we go. Um, Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. No line in this game either. All right, this is a weird day. I told you it is a bizarre day. You do have two teams on an island game. They played each other the day before yesterday, and it was in Phoenix, and this game's in Phoenix. I don't remember the NBA scheduling two teams that aren't even in the same division and back-to-backs one day out from each other in the same arena. That seems odd to me. I don't know if that's a new twist this year because of a COVID thing or what, but I'm not loving it. Um, the situation here, we the reason why they haven't set the line is because I guess there's a chance Luca can play. He's listed as doubtful. I would say he's not playing. I'm just, from what I've heard here in Dallas, he's out. So I'm counting him out completely here. Uh, Kleba's out as well. Kaminsky and Sarge out for Phoenix. Dallas is nine and five. Suns are 11 and three, and they've won 10 in a row. I remember saying at one and three, they were in a, a malaise from being in the finals last year. And then bingo, 10 in a row. So not super excited about the fact that Dallas has to take them on a second time in Phoenix after losing the last one. They stuck in there the whole game the last time to the very end and then uh, lost. So can they stay in it again? You know, that's the question. Statistically speaking, we will see. But I will say um, pace of play, Dallas is 20th, Phoenix fourth. So they are getting up and down. A lot of it is defense to offense uh, transition. Offensive efficiency, Dallas 15th, Phoenix eighth. So pretty darn good. And defensively, Dallas is 18th, Phoenix all the way up to third. I mean, they were in the 20s two weeks ago. I mean, that goes to show you how fast things can change. Um, as far as, um, you know, this it looks in this game as far as players. If, if Lucas sits, everybody's going to be jumping back to Brunson. He is 6'7", though. That stings, man. That's a lot. Um, you've got... Chris Stapps, who stepped up at 7-8, if you trust that. Uh, don't really trust anybody else on that side of the ball. Phoenix, Paul at 8-5, Booker at 8-7, Aiton at 6-7. Aiton's my favorite play, and you know I don't like Aiton, but Biggs hurt Dallas. That price is right, and he's the spot that I'm going to go. So that is it, my friends. Nine up, nine down. Jammed it all in. Join us at DFSCoachTalk.com. We'd love to have you. Really appreciate you listening in today and uh, hope you, you join us uh, at Coach Talk. So uh, we'll definitely be back tomorrow. Saturday's my favorite podcast of the week because Josh Crash Davis and I will build a, a two brains lineup and get after it on our Saturday podcast. And tomorrow's a good card as well. All right. Thank you so much for listening in. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS NBA.